Welcome to MVP, our new podcast for anyone that loves to learn new things. I'm Kate. And I'm Jack, and we both work at an online school, MVA. Like most educators, we are passionate about sharing knowledge. And love the sound of our own voices. Each week, we'll invite a special guest to join us for fun and engaging discussions on a wide range of topics, from careers advice to social issues. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. Hello and welcome back to MVP and today's episode is on careers isn't it Jack? It is, it's careers and work experience um, which was actually growing up one of my favourite parts of school was my work experience week. Um, I I just loved it, it's almost like a, um, for me at the time it was like a pretend you're an adult week and you get to go and do and experience the world of work um, which you soon find out is actually not as fun as school and not as fun as you initially thought it was going to be. Yeah just days and days of photocopying. Do you do do work experience at MVA in, in year 10? Uh, we do, yeah. So we, we have a careers week, um, which will hopefully align with when this podcast has released. Um, so <laughs> you'll, uh, only the listeners will know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was not really a fan of work experience. I I feel like it's it's something that people either really get into or they really worry about. And I was definitely a worrier. I was really disorganised with it, unsurprisingly, and didn't get a huge amount out of it so hopefully we're coming at this from really different minds almost like a what not to do and then Jack hopefully you were well you were I I bet I bet you knew what you were doing I I did far too much work experience because I I, up until sort of the end of my A-levels I wanted to be a doctor and to be a doctor and to go into medicine you have to do so much work experience it was actually the work experience that put me off doing it in the end Um, but I'd done all the hard work I I, um, used to volunteer at a hospice every Friday um, I would shadow a doctor. I did that for a while oh, wow. uh, as well. And so did months of doing that and then did all that work to decide, actually, it's not what I wanted to do. But that's one of the reasons why we encourage students to do work experience and why yeah. it's such a good thing to do. Um, because if you go into a career having not experienced it before, you could end up hating it um, and finding that's not right for you. So you want to kind of make that decision beforehand. Yeah, I wonder how many people are in the careers now in their sort of 30s that they had planned for when they were at school. Because I know for me, I didn't really have a plan. I think I was quite a whimsical teenager. Um, (laughs) But but you had this plan to be a doctor. Why? When did that plan change? Um, (laughs) When you did get into med school. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, no. yeah, sort of, in a way, in that I, I didn't really ever know why I wanted to be a doctor. I just thought, oh, that sounds like a good a good thing to aim for. And I think I liked the idea that if I aimed for it, it kept all my other doors open because that was probably the hardest thing to aim for. Yeah. So if I'm aiming for that, then if I change my mind and wanted to be like a, a stuntman or something different, I've, I've still got that option available to me because I prepared like I was going to be a doctor, um, which served me okay. Um, but That's it does true. mean that I wasted a lot of my youth um, just doing pointless hospice uh, work and, and doctor's Not surgery. Not pointless, what? Jack. <laughs> you were helping the needy. Yeah, that's true. On a Friday night, that was, ooh, it was, oh, it was brilliant. Wow. Um, but yeah. playing, playing your Pokemon 
or not. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, no. As, as, as we found out, not having a, really even heard of Pokemon at that point, I suppose. But it, I, I sort of got into year 12 and year 13. And then that's when you really start thinking about your university choices. And I was looking at medical courses and just sort of thinking about what it would actually mean to be a doctor and what your day to day would be like. And I don't really like things like needles. And and so when, as I was like doing the experience and realising, it seems obvious, but as I was doing that sort of thing, I was like a bit squeamish around it all and a bit uh, like, actually, I can't imagine myself doing that day to day. And seven years of medical school is a long time to put yourself through yeah. if you don't actually want to be a doctor at the end. You then kind of back to square one uh, with, with it afterwards. So when I was at school, I think I honestly had no idea what jobs were out there so for me I'm thinking okay Jack's picked doctor because there's five (laughs) options there's policeman teacher doctor accountant although no one knows what that is when you're actually at school (laughs) and there's like this finite number of jobs that we've heard of and we can sort of we know Jessica's dad does that and we know Toby's mum does that but I had no idea what other career opportunities might be. I certainly had no idea I'd be doing what I'm doing right now. And yeah. I feel like kind of that, do- I mean, we both became teachers as well, which is not super original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think anyone who becomes a teacher or a lot of people that become a teacher, it's because they didn't know what they wanted to do. And so they've just forever stayed in school deciding what they want to do. <laughs> that that seems to be a lot of the cases. I was always told that I'd make a good teacher. and But that actually pushed me away from wanting to do it more. Because, uh, you know, when your mum and dad say, oh, you'd be great at d- doing mm. this. You go, no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd hate to do that. I don't know. So I, I stayed away from it for the longest time. Um, and went down these fake doctor routes and things like that. But uh, how, how did you get into teaching then? Um, I started doing a lot of tutoring at university um, just to really to make money and then found that it was really easy for me. And actually, I enjoyed doing it because it was a bit like um, what I was also doing at the time was stand up comedy. Um, so there was a bit of similarities between the two in that you're, you're putting on a performance to demonstrate a point in some way it's very public speaking-y um so I, I found that this the skills sort of translated um and I enjoyed it that that was the, the biggest shock to me I started off trying to make some money but really really enjoyed doing it and, and yeah. the different challenges that you'd face and so then uh advanced into teaching from that yeah what about yourself so, sort of strange story that doesn't necessarily put Um, the state of teaching in the best light ever Um, but I was working as a waitress I was working as a waitress (laughs) (laughs) I was so that's a very dated reference which none of our listeners will get at all but I was working as a waitress which I so I I kind of uh, did the opposite of you so I rather than get lots and lots of experience and internships and work experience I just didn't I kind of rejected that and I felt a lot of pressure from my parents to do something that they considered was a worthy career something that they I'd been I'd been academic at school and I'd always been channeled towards this concept of success and that being something that makes a lot of money and so I I'd kind of repelled against that in my late teens and early 20s and I spent all of my spare time waitressing and having a great old time working in a bar and a restaurant and I was doing that and I was in my early 20s and I think my dad was 
pretty much at his wits end uh you know all of my friends were off doing internships at Goldman Sachs and had just secured you know all of these grad scheme roles and I was not doing that um but one of my regulars who I served all every single day a large glass Pinot Grigio he'd come in after work and I was just talking to him and he said you know you can't you're not going to be here forever are you Kate and I thought well actually yeah I'm really happy and um it's you know this is fine and he was like you know you should go and work in one of my schools and it turned out that he had set up been part of setting up a multi-academy trust near us and I said well I can't possibly do that I've got absolutely no qualification in teaching and that's 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 just nonsense and he was like well why don't you apply and see what happens because one thing that people don't realize is there's lots of there's lots of kind of desired criteria when you're going for jobs but actually so much of it comes down to who who you are as a person and if they if you give off the right sort of energy and mentality about I don't know this yet but I'm a quick learner and I'm enthusiastic so on and so forth so I started teaching unqualified managed to get a job in one of those schools and then it was it was kind of through that that the school then thought actually she's not totally useless let's get her (laughs) qualified Um, and I got into it that way so it was literally through chatting over a glass of Pinot Grigio which is wow. not I don't I wouldn't recommend that as a way into your career path no no but it's a fantastic example of uh you don't actually have to at this point if it's your school's careers week if you're in year 10 year 11 you're, you're coming up to thinking what we want to do next you don't actually have to know um you know and even if you do know it's fine to then change that pathway later yeah. down the line there'll be plenty of opportunity to do so um it can seem you know when you come to a careers week and you think I'm want to try and have some experience in what I want to do for the rest of my life. It can seem very concrete and very set in stone, but actually, um, if you don't know what you want to do, some very general experience, perhaps working in uh, a restaurant or working in uh, a shop goes a long way uh, because it's still experience of a lot of uh, skills that you'd be using in any job, you know, turning up on time, interacting with people, all very transferable skills. Well, also just, I think as well, one of the biggest things that I've learned in my career is being open and not being closed off, but being open to opportunities, networking, which is massive. And, you know, you don't need to have, obviously it's brilliant if you can, we'll talk a little bit about work experience and getting the right work experience for you. And it's brilliant if you've got a plan, but also I I, I want to speak to the people that sometimes don't have a plan and therefore feel I know I really felt I, I've got an incredible group of friends and they were all just brilliant at sussing out opportunities for themselves. And I really felt a, a little bit like I was left behind in my late teens, early 20s, because I hadn't figured it out. And I and it made me actually really, really repel against it because I then, my my character trait was that I was, you know, not doing that. And I was the anti that. And um and and actually it's it's okay to not know what you're doing but be really really open and don't don't box yourself off into into any corners because as as you know jack can attest to but also myself my career i i'm not a teacher at the moment my career has moved has changed massively over the last 10 years from from teaching to setting up my own business to now working here 
uh, as part of producing content for the school. So it's it's not set in stone. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, the world's changed a lot since that stereotypical uh, you become a butcher when you're 16 and you're a butcher for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, um, it's actually recommended now that you change jobs every four years or at least change roles every four years, because at that point you've learned as much as you're going to learn in that role and so need to then advance otherwise you're just stagnating so what we find is a lot of people do change their careers um, or at least change their companies uh, throughout throughout their working lives as well well jack if it's every four years um how long have you got left at MBA? Uh, uh- yeah, I'm on spent time. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I've been Minerva for been, a long time. It's, yeah. uh... <laughs> Minerva till I die. That's the chart. <laughs> I think maybe transferring over to MVA, that, that might have bought me a bit more time from Minerva shooters. Uh... Still probably only another year, another year to go, guys. And then yeah. we'll be recruiting for a new deputy head and science <laughs> And podcast teacher. host. Yeah. Yeah. So with careers then and and careers week, I thought it'd be good to kind of talk through some useful careers advice for teenagers, because one of the things that I think is really, really useful is to really self-reflect. Think about your interests um, and your skills, definitely, but also think about your values and think about where working companies that you might work for where you might be interested and and where you where you're going to feel motivated you spend a lot of time at work a lot a lot a lot and so you need to make sure that your career is something that actually gives you energy rather than just drains it and I I found that with teaching I absolutely loved teaching and I was able to get so much energy from my students and they really became my world and my life and I I, you know I loved and adored them and not everyone gets that privilege not everyone kind of skips to work and and can feel that passionate about what they're doing but it's it's really really good for you to self-reflect as you're starting to think about that next stage of your life think about what it is in school that you've enjoyed not just subject wise but the types of learning that you've enjoyed and and because those will apply you're always learning but you're also lots of learning like project management skills and things like that those will all apply in the workplace as well yeah I, th- I think the biggest hack you can have um is in life is doing a job that you love or would be a hobby of yours anyway so it doesn't have to be an exact match um but maybe if uh you are really into Lego was the first thing that came to my mind, but you're creative, you like building things. Um, the hack there might be to go look at architecture based mm-hmm. jobs, uh, because again, it's, it's using the same parts of your brain. It's using the same creative skills. Um, you might think that, uh, your hobby of football, well, the, the obvious one is to become a footballer, but it doesn't necessarily fit in with that. But actually, if you think about what you like about football, do you like the, the teamwork part of it? Um, do you like the ability to, um, win and achieve something mm-hmm. uh, every once in a while um is maybe that might be a career path or something that you want to explore a little bit yeah. further so so before you even kind of go into work experience thinking about what you enjoy doing and the skills or how that might relate to real life jobs um is an important and uh, good step to do Yeah, definitely. And I think developing transferable skills and using your work experience as an opportunity to develop transferable skills is really, really important because things like 
communication, teamwork, problem solving, time management, adaptability, those apply whatever it is that you're doing. So wherever you're working at whatever level, if you can be developing skills like that, you are going to be improving and making yourself a more desirable candidate. Because as you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you you want to be able to be versatile, and you don't want to be rigid in, in one position for the rest of your life. But also within a company, you know, I was recruited in, in January for a particular role. Do I do that role 100% of the time? At Absolutely not. You know, you duck and you dive, you're here, you're there, you're everywhere. And companies like that, they want people that are malleable. Yeah. Um, and and um, I think, again, even if you're not sure what you want to do in the future, by taking on a role, that, a work experience role that has a lot of those transferable skills, you've got that in the bag. So if you are applying for something else in the future, you can put that on the CV, you can put that on the university application. Um, and it looks good. You, you know, you, you've got evidence that you are a good team worker rather than you just saying you're a good team worker. You've got evidence that you can time keep and you can do a role for a full day's work. Um, mm-hmm. It's it, There's kind of like the um, age old problem of you want to apply for a job. But to apply for that job, you need the work experience in place and you can't get the work experience because you can't apply for a job. So work experience week is a great example of how you can get your foot on the ladder initially. Um, and if it's not work experience week at your school, look at volunteering opportunities in your local yep. area. I spoke a bit about um, volunteering at uh, a local hospice to me when I was interested in medicine. But I also um, volunteered um, for a, a few months um, at a, a local charity shop um, where I learned a lot of skills, again, team working skills, working with different types of people. And um, actually, a lot of the things I learned there are used day to day now, because uh, in a school, you're always trying to keep people happy, different parents, perhaps different students, different teachers happy. It's kind of like the customers that will come into the shop and perhaps they've all got a different problem or a different query that you have to think on your feet with and try and solve. Um, So I might have started that skill initially at Oxfam, but I've certainly built it up throughout my career. (laughs) <laughs> well, you're still doing that now, day to day. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, how does how does somebody get work experience then? Because that can feel a little bit daunting, can't it? Yeah, I, I mean, the first thing or the first point of call is who you know. So, your family is always a good starting point. You might not want to do the work experience with your mum or with your dad, but they might have friends who have an area of work that you'd be interested in that they can ask for, uh, and and it's always worth asking because you'll be working for them quite likely initially for free. So they'd probably yeah. be, they want to have you. It's not yeah. them just doing you a favour. They would quite like to have you as an extra pair of hands to help yeah, them do it, their it, job. It's not a burden. Another thing that you could ask parents to do um, is I, so when, when I had my company, we used to use quite a lot of work experience students. And one of the places where I would find them would be parents posting on community groups on Facebook. So if your mum and dad um, or your guardian guardian don't don't actually know of anyone, one thing that you could could ask them to do and where whereas perhaps you might not be part of your uh I don't know what well, I where I live, Berkhamstead Life Facebook group. <laughs> um but if you post in there, all local businesses will will probably be members of that. We would see if someone was posting in we, we were based in St Albans, if someone was posting in St Albans mum saying, Hi there, my you know, 
Charlie's in year 10 and he needs to do two weeks work experience. Has anyone got any opportunities? There'd be absolutely loads of comments underneath that with different things. And then Charlie almost has his pick as to what's mm. going to be the most beneficial for him for his next step. So if you can ask for help from from somebody else, and, and of course, you're welcome to post in, in those groups yourself. But if it is one that's like a mums of or dads of just see if if they'll do it for you and um and and also then they can be a little bit of a pa and filter through the responses for you yeah there's another option as well in that if you know what exactly you want to be doing as a career so perhaps um you want to work in sport in one way or another um there's nothing sort of um to say you can't reach out to your local sports clubs so your local football teams, rugby clubs, and just seeing if they have any work experience options available, because quite often they do have things in place uh, for students. And, and by reaching out, it's not only introducing yourself and getting the ball rolling uh, with that, but you might find that there's something that they, perhaps they don't advertise to schools, um, but they keep to one side in case people do ask. Um, so always worth doing, particularly if you've got something niche in mind that you want to go and do as a career. And it's good it's good, safe practice for reaching out to people in future in your jobs because actually you could email 20 people and you will never see these people again. So if you don't hear anything back, it's kind of no harm, no foul. No one needs to know. You don't, it's not very embarrassing, but it's really good practice for building your confidence to be able to put yourself out there because putting yourself out there, whether that's for promotion in, in future jobs, whether it's going for jobs, um, whatever it is, putting yourself forward for opportunities within a company, it's a great, that's a great skill to have. And the, the mm. earlier you can start that and realize that you're not a nuisance, it's not, you're not uh, being a pest by asking somebody if you can go and work there for free. They <laughs> absolutely, you know, they should be biting your hand off, even if it is nece not necessarily the most exciting of jobs that you end up doing when you're there. So all good experience. And it's a great way for you to start building a database of companies for if it's something down the line, you could, you've then got contacts in place to, to start pursuing if you actually might want to go and work there. Yeah, definitely. And, and while you are there, like you say, you're building up a network of relationships that perhaps you could reach back to later down the line uh, as yep. well. So um, that's one of the most important things while you're on these work experiences, particularly if you're doing it in a career, an area where you're considering that to be your career. It's important to make these connections, but also to ask these people what they did when they were younger to see if there's anything that can align with what you're doing now. There's any other opportunities you've not yet considered um, and any other pathways into doing what you're doing, what you want to do that you hadn't considered previously as well. It's not always uh, that going to university and getting a degree is the most direct and best pathway to do something. Sometimes it can be through starting with that company and building up through Definitely. training. Definitely. And I think, I think, the world is changing a little bit and I think companies really, really look for what you're able to do and what your what skills you can demonstrate over the qualifications that you have from from my personal experience I, I don't you know I can't I can't speak that widely but I my husband for example he will go for jobs and the, I mean there's a confidence to him that I do really admire but he will go for jobs and they will have on the qualifications masters in economics and 
he didn't go to university, but he gets those jobs because he's been grafting since the age of 18. So, you know, that's given him 12, 13 years in industry in in a field where actually when when it when push comes to shove, it's more important that he's got 13 years in finance than it is that he's got a master's in economics where he, he wouldn't have learned as much as, as what he's learned over the last few years. So I, I would say, and that doesn't mean before parents start writing in and complaining that we're saying don't go to university. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is if it's not for you and it's not something that you're interested in doing, it doesn't mean that you have set yourself a limit at all because there's plenty of people that work in lots of different fields who go on to be very very successful and they've gone down a slightly different route whether that's apprenticeships whether it's straight into a career um or or otherwise um it doesn't just have to be qualification based although you could like me do a philosophy and ethics degree and one day be able to use that knowledge on an ethics podcast 13 <laughs> years later <laughs> worth every penny worth every yeah. penny it was fantastic still paying still paying off that student loan <laughs> <laughs> it, well once the uh, rolex deal runs comes through into the podcast it'll pay for itself it'll, yeah. Uh, yeah absolutely and, and i would also say speak to your school so whether that's a particular teacher they might have they, they know people they're human beings they might know so and so and so and so um but you know, within the school there, I'm sure there's probably lots of different careers, guidance and um, resources that are available. I know a great company called Your Game Plan, which does all sorts of things about careers and gives you um, skills training and digital skills in PR and marketing and all sorts. And there's plenty of things out there that, that your school probably engage with as well. Kate, what's the worst job you've ever done? <laughs> So, Jack, thank you for asking. <laughs> so I've actually had, I've had quite a few different 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 gigs <laughs> along the way. Um, my the best job I think where I really came into my own was teaching, uh, and and that was such a nice. It was a nice age as well where I was able to really enjoy work, but I and I was still relatively young, so I didn't have huge responsibilities of mortgage and 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 I just loved it I absolutely loved it worst job was working for this oh god this guy so I worked for a I think I only lasted six weeks I was a Saturday girl I was sat I, I, I did a few different jobs kind of kind of like that but this was my first ever job as a Saturday girl and it was in a beauty salon I think it was probably a combination of me being absolutely rubbish, but also <laughs> just not the nicest of experiences either. And I, I remember like the first day I was basically, you know, I was just the skivvy. So I was kind of mopping up afterwards and I don't mind, I didn't mind doing stuff like that. I, I quite enjoyed doing, doing all sorts of different things. But I remember being asked to like make the coffees and I'd never had coffee. <laughs> and so I just kind of was like, and I just had absolutely no idea how you made a coffee. Like I didn't know how many <laughs> scoops you put in of the instant coffee. So I put like three scoops of coffee in, I, you know, and they were quite alarmed and they were like, Ugh, this is disgusting. And I was really upset. And I was quite sensitive at the time. I wasn't particularly 
worldly so I I also wasn't very used to anyone criticizing anything because I was fairly (laughs) good at school so for somebody to like think that my coffee was absolutely garbage I was mortified and yeah I think I cried on the bus like the whole way home and I kept being told every week I was being told that I was on a trial and it kept being reminded that I was on a trial. I was on a trial. Yeah. It was like this real kind of threat that was hanging over me. And it was not a particularly important job at all. You know, I was just like cleaning up after the girls that that worked in the salon. But I yeah. was really made to feel like I, I was so fortunate to have this opportunity and blah, 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 blah. And so one day, and I just used to dread it, I used to absolutely, the like the 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 guy who owned it would kind of come in every once in a while and he really would lord over the place that he you know he was kind of lord and master and we should and you know we all had to sort of laugh at his jokes and I mean this is going to be awful because I feel like I kind of still know the family (laughs) but nobody listens to this podcast so it's fine but basically (laughs) I just don't like it when people who have a little bit of power just have these giant egos and aren't very nice to you know, somebody starting out or somebody junior in a in a in a company. It's so unnecessary and it's just a bit blah, yeah. a bit tasteless for my liking. To go back to what we were saying, actually it's it's useful work experience in that it told you the environment that you wouldn't want to work with mm. uh, or work in and the people you wouldn't really want to work with. And actually I bet you took away a lot from that on how to deal with situations that you've been well, yeah, definitely. And then when I had my my next Saturday job, which was in a shop, and the owner was so wonderful and lovely and generous and warm, and I just wanted to work 10 times harder for her. You know, you, you really want the, the shop to do well and succeed. And I, I think that definitely taught me a lot about how you treat people and, you know, treating treating people that are like supposedly inferior to you is is a really important sign I think as a boss um, as Mm. opposed to just how you treat your equals yeah that was a real tangent sorry guys (laughs) no no it's interesting as well because it's a good example of um, how very early work experience can shape how you are later on in your career so when when you've been managing people I bet you're a lot more like that shopkeeper than of course uh, yeah the the salon owner as well so um, your own experiences shape how you end up treating other people in the workplace too so it's great to get as many experiences as possible so that you're prepared for as many future work situations as possible. Do you have any really bad jobs? Um I when I was at uni, I think it's my first year of university, I did um I called ex university students and asked them to donate to the university. And that was <laughs> awful because it's just like cold calling and, oh, and they no. don't know anything. And so you're given this whole script where you go, oh, I remember your time at university. What's your favorite part? And it's talking to people who do not want to talk to you at yeah. all. And I am not very good at I don't think that that was very moral so as I did the job more and more I was thinking I'm not going to guilt them into donating because that's what the whole script was it was guilting them into donating towards the university Um, and so I I, I don't really like doing that so I, I just fell out of love with it and then they were given a certain amount of numbers that you had to call each shift and so what I did is I I wrote down and memorized all the numbers that I knew just weren't going to pick up because they never picked up and every shift then I just ring those numbers and I'd go through like hundreds of these numbers that I knew weren't going to pick up so I wouldn't say a word on this phone call which is pretty bad but again it goes back to the ethics podcast where in my mind 
that was a good thing to do and that was okay because it was morally wrong to be pretty much robbing these people of their money um, yeah it's so. kind of like the the people and I nearly did this when I was um living in Australia I used that term very very lightly I was there for three months and then came home <laughs> because I was homesick but I was intending on living in Australia for a year yeah and I was in Melbourne and we were sort of looking for work, my friend and I, Emma Lyon, I believe she's had a mention before, um, that we were looking for work. And this girl who was in the hostel was like, oh, like work with me. And there was a whole team of people in the hostel. And they were doing that job where you get paid to collect money for charity. And they were getting yeah. such good so first we just we didn't know it was a charity but it was basically we were getting this whole pitch about you know you recruit people and then they recruit people it's basically an mlm which is a story for another podcast but the the idea kind of really didn't sit right with me that i would go out and be explaining to somebody how x y and z really really needed their help and support but i'd be collecting like a, a huge i mean obviously huge for a 21 year old at the time huge salary off the back of kind of other people's generosity i found that a little bit icky and i know it needs yeah. to be done and i don't mean working for charity is bad but i think there are certain organizations where that kind of structure and bonus um yeah, make, would make me feel a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, it has to all carefully be thought out, I think. Um, yeah, I, there was a bonus system with the one I was doing, but you'll be surprised to, sit, to know I didn't, didn't reach yeah, you, it. <laughs> I, I then went on to do plenty of other jobs, like tutoring, I was much better at that. And then I worked in a library for a bit. That was really enjoyable. Oh, that so does sound nice. It, it was like sort of very much helping people and helping elderly people. Well, yeah, so shall we just um, really quickly talk about, so I, I did a little bit of research on some popular jobs at the moment. So to move away from teacher, lawyer, accountant, Butcher, butcher as you said yeah <laughs> electrician um so the most popular jobs at the moment we've got technology and software development unsurprisingly mm. with like the yeah. giant kind of blow up of the tech industry so whether that's around ai software development um user experience or like user interface designers IT project managers. And I think we start to see this reflect down into our school curriculum, don't we? The fact that so much tech is is in the curriculum compared to um compared to a while ago. And and then we've got kind of healthcare, digital marketing, social media, data analysis, starting your own business. These are all kind of interesting things that that perhaps we weren't as creative to think of doing when we were when we were <laughs> yeah I mean it, it, that's the other thing as well so you, you when you're thinking about future careers you're thinking about what I want to do um the careers in 20 years time when you're part way through your career are going to be much you know far different to, to what exists now so uh 20 years ago uh online teaching didn't exist obviously teaching no. did but online teaching didn't exist so I wouldn't be doing the role I'm doing now I wouldn't have really have been able to think ahead to prepare for that in too much detail so um, when we spoke earlier about transferable skills again this is a good example of why it's great to get work experience to build up those transfer transferable skills even if it's not directly in the area you want to do it in. yeah Right. So that's been a bit of a whistle stop tour of careers and work experience and why it's important. Shall I uh, try and trick you with a little teacher liar pants on fire? 
Yes, do your best. I, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like I can get this today. Here we go. Number one. No number before a thousand contains the letter A. Okay. Number two. There are enough grains of sand in the Sahara Desert to reach the sun if stacked on top of each other. Okay. And number three. Dogs, when sniffing, use the left nostril for good smells and the right the right nostril for bad smells. So, okay. <laughs> I'm very confused. The one thing I'm thinking initially straight away is I think the Sahara Desert sun one, I think that's going to be true because that's believable. It's a long distance, but there's a lot of sand in the Sahara I, I I put that to one side for now, thinking it's true. Um, the left nostril, right nostril dogs really threw me at the end there because I was thinking that the lie was the numbers. So no number before a thousand contains A. And I was going through in my head that whole time trying to go, one, one doesn't contain an A, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, we'll um, be here a while if you're trying to yeah, get Yeah, but then I was thinking like 100 and one would have an A in it. Um, would you just go 101? No, I think you would. 101. So in my thinking, that has to be the lie, right? Or wrong? <laughs> I can see a concerned look on your face. It's not the lie. <laughs> but what about 101 or 102? I presume they're just calling it 101, 102, yeah, they must 103. Be. Yeah, or maybe the and doesn't count as a number. Yeah, I uh, don't think it does. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> so the that, lies I are mean, dogs no the sahara oh yeah. you completely did me this time then um i never win <laughs> so what was the dog one again so they when they're sniffing if something's nice they use their left nostril and if it's something bad or like dangerous then they use their right nostril and the, so yeah that's like, yeah, insane really weird i know but I, I don't even trust my my own facts because you're right with the number one i'm gonna have to fact check that <laughs> might be a null and void <laughs> yeah we're having an addendum on the uh episode description actually all the track all the facts were they false. were all lies i got really confused <laughs> <laughs> do you have an mvp of the week I do have an MVP of the week. My MVP of this week is uh, the team behind, um, it's a YouTube series called Jetlag, uh, where it's, it's really silly, but it's like race across the world, if you've ever seen that. But they okay. um, did one recently called Tag Across Europe, but they basically played a giant game of tag in European countries where they track each other and then have to, you know, they give a 30 minute cooling off period, they get on a train and then the other guys would have to chase them. Um, so... It's a pretty impressive feat. And I think it's just re a really good example of human creativity. Oh, that's cool. What about um, yours? Okay. Mine's really random, but I've gone with Ant and Deck. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, you can only have one. Ant um, or Deck. <laughs> uh, okay, Deck. He's everyone's favourite. Um, <laughs> no, I've, I've gone with them because in a week of kind of TV duos, as we've had kind of the the end of Phil and Holly with This Morning, it kind of got me thinking about sort of double acts. And I feel like those two are there for each other in thick and thin. And <laughs> they are, they, they're just, they are just hilarious. They are like, nothing kind of makes me smile more than their silly little jokes. And um, I mean, that's really derogatory. They're very, very clever and witty. <laughs> but I just feel like they've really lasted the test of time. And they always 
put a smile on my face. So that's why I've, I've gone for Ant and Deck, particularly Deck, if I have to narrow it down to one. Yeah, that's definitely a Hall of Famer MVP. They're, they're, they're uh, the people's They are legends, aren't they? They are. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. And as as per usual, please do get in touch if you've got any um, any suggestions or ideas or you want to join the podcast. Um, you can email us podcast at minervavirtual.com. And next week, we will be back with an episode on what's it going to be on, Jack? Who knows? It's a surprise next oh, week. Fine, it's... right? One of those. One of those. <laughs> because ask, because ask uh, me in th- an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one we don't know when this one's going out. It's likely going to go out in careers week, so um, we could see a sports themed one next week. We could see a science themed one next week, or an English one theme one next week. Um, either way, you're in for an absolute treat. Yes. Yeah. You'll have to f- come back to find out more. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye. 